Buenas and Hafiday. Welcome, welcome back again to our Hafiday Zoo podcast. I'm F. Glenn Luhan. And I'm Joshua St. Augustine. And here we have Peter Constantino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so welcome, Peter. And, um, you know, again, we are just sharing our experiences, uh, you know, being a very prominent figure in the LGBTQ community. And, you know, again, Peter is part of our, our house, the Sisters of the Moonlight, also as well as Lana. Uh, and we also have uh, Miss Trinity is also part of the House of Diosa. So it's a beautiful collaboration of the two houses that you see here and Joshua. Well, Joshua is considered dual, um, citizenship. dual citizenship. There you go. <laughs> Still working on it. Yeah. Well, we don't know. There might be a transfer. Yeah, he might put in a transfer. They might, right? So welcome, Peter. Thank you very how much. You, how have you been? Um, you know, busy. Um, busy living life. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, so, um, you know, to, to those listening, um, you know, would you like to share your uh, coming out story? I, I mean, we're generations apart, but, you know, we like to sh hear from your side of the woods. Well, as far as I'm, you know, how my quote unquote coming out story um, is, uh, I'm probably what you might consider a late bloomer in today's uh, coming out stories. Um, I came out back in the 80s. Um, and what I mean by coming out is um, just realizing about oneself and uh, accepting oneself. Yes. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that I had to come out to everyone else. But, um, of course, one must uh, be able to accept who they are and then from there gain the confidence to be able to let others know who they are. And so um, my coming out story actually didn't happen here on Guam. Uh, I went off to um, college in the Philippines and I spent five years there. And the friends that I had um, were very supportive and uh, uh, gay life in the Philippines is, very different from um, what it is here on Guam or possibly even in the U.S. mainland. It's um, a lot more um, out and proud mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. there, as well as um, the support within their own community um, is uh, very strong. And I see that also starting to happen here on Guam. And... Um, that's basically when I came out, um, probably around 84, 85, when I accepted myself for who I am. Wow. And the friends around me um, accepted me for who I am. And um, the only thing that was different, though, is uh, the stereotypes that one would have, per se, in the Philippines versus on Guam and the U.S., is that um, when they feel or know that you tell them that you were gay, and they automatically think um, that you're uh, a female. Oh, and, interesting. Um, Very interesting. So, you know, I always got asked questions. So, um, you know, what type of guy do you like? Uh, uh, 
and basically it's like, oh, you know, like this and like that. But they said, do you dress up often? And I go, I don't dress up at all. <laughs> what do you mean by dress up? Um, I'm basically a guy who likes guys. Um, wow, and man. I don't feel that I need to dress up as a woman to be who I am um, because that's just not me. Uh, that is so, so interesting coming from, you know, coming out in the Philippines. Wow. Um, and of course, coming home, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, certain members, of course, in my family eventually found out. Um, and um, they were pretty much supportive. Uh, and basically, they just let me be. Um, I didn't weird out on them, and uh, in some, as some people might think, or you know, quote unquote, you flame out um, because basically that's just not my character. <laughs> so um, um, I just, I am who I am. Uh, if that's any cliche, wow, man, <laughs> and, Good Gloria Gaynor. Um, so, uh, and that's pretty much it. I've lived my life um, out in the open. If I get asked, then I tell the truth. Um, there's no need for me to lie about it. I mean, back then in my 20s and 30s, of course, you know, one, one is still gaining the confidence in themselves. So, of course, there's a little bit of denial here and there. Um, but uh, as I got older, um, I, I said, just as long as you don't pay my bills, uh, or just as long as you do pay my bills, whichever the case may be, then I will be truthful with you. And, um, you know, it's, it's self first, but at the same time, be able to uh, incorporate oneself with the rest of the community. Wow. Yeah. Uh, love yourself first. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Love yourself first. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the thing. And then it, after that, it resonates. Everything else happens, if, yeah, yeah. like a butterfly. When I was younger, my Nina's mom, who I was kind of like, um, she was more so the grandmother figure for me. She used to always tell me to have four things in my life, and that was faith, hope, love, and charity. If you had faith in God, you can have faith in yourself and hope for a better tomorrow, and you can love yourself first, and through that, you will be able to share it in a charitable way with the rest of the world. Wow. Well yeah. said. Wow. She she well said. I like she, that. She she kind of she was the reason why I was always dressed so smart and had Ken doll Barbie dolls and stuff like that. So <laughs> we gotta we gotta quote you in that. <laughs> Seriously, that's wow. Yeah, she she was um. She was my saving grace for the most part. Wow. You know, unfortunately, she never got to meet Trinity, but I'm oh. sure she would be proud of the woman yes. I am today. Yes, she is. I hate it. Peter, did you go to any? Um, Obstacles as big as being um, ostracized. Yeah. Well, growing up in school, I would say junior high, high school, um, the typical bullying happened, um, you know, the typical name calling happened. Um, but there were those that were around me that were basically able to protect me and somewhat shield me from those things. Um, and they were the women, um, the female friends that I had. And um, if there's any guy that, you know, it's like, e faggot and all this and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The next time I saw them, that's not what's coming out of their mouth. And I know the reasons why. 
um, and uh, riding the bus, the school bus. I always had my own seat with my own friends, and nobody ever took my seat. So wow. I was a little bit more on the luckier side as far as um, the bullying was concerned. Uh, for for whatever reason, um, I just made friends with the. Uh, you know, um, the sisters of the bullies. So <laughs> they eventually became my protectors, my wow. protectors. And so growing up, I really didn't have too much of a problem. I mean, not that it didn't cause me any concern or <coughs> cause me any heartache or things like that, because of course, who, who, who likes to be teased? Who likes to be called, you know, derogatory names? But um, I guess... I was able to um, grow a flak jacket, so to speak, uh, enough to deflect all of that stuff and still remain true to myself. And, um, you know, I finally, and as I got older, I finally started to realize that, uh, you know, the name calling is, means a little bit more of insecurity for the other person. In who they are because basically if they didn't understand um, the lifestyle if they didn't understand um, the feelings that um, most gay people uh, go through then that means that they themselves are not secure in their own sexuality yeah. or in their own and, and it's like in their own persona, that, you know, persona yeah yeah correct yeah and so for me you know, bring on the name calling, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's like uh, um, I, it doesn't affect me pretty, uh, pretty much anymore. Yeah, um, I said, you know, at least I'm not doing what you're doing, which is nothing. So um, I'm taking care of myself, paying my bills. I don't need to go out there and sell drugs on the street. Um, I, you know, and just basically, it was just trying to remain a good citizen and um, carry on as best as one can within your family. I mean, I, I share the same uh, experience with you in middle school. I had two protectors, two female friends, and if you're listening out there, Jeannie Datu and Nanetti, Patty Cruz, thank you so much for helping me. They, they had my back. I was always bullied a lot. Um, you know, it was it was harsh, and I, you know, going to Agata, you know, in my time in the '80s, uh, people were if they found out, you know, or suspected you're 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 not a, you know, you're not one of those boys that are rough, and they're all Glenn's faggot or Glenn's fag. So I always had these two guys. Every time I was going to English class, and they were always, I always try to dodge them, but it just so happened when I'm right there, they're right there, you know, and I, I can't. So one day, um, and I think I shared this in the last podcast, they were really mean and cruel. They're pushing me around. And then many of you remember Agata, the, the quads in the back, right behind the Ordot Dental Clinic. So two, mm -hmm. these two individuals were playing around and they held me over the ledge. The, I don't know where the school aides were nowhere to be found. And they held me over the edge. Oh, we're going to drop you, fag. We're going to drop you and kill you, faggot. And already that, that moment, I, I thought I was going to die. I really thought I was going to die that day. And there was no school aids, nothing. But luckily, by the grace of God, my two friends, Patty and Jeannie, they saw it. They went and they jumped. This guy was twice their size, punched him. They punched him in the, you know, in, in his crotch. He dropped down. They, he, they dropped me. They pulled me in. And I was just like, 
oh my God, you know, they, they saved me. And I, I broke down and I cried, but I, you know, I had to, I had to like compose myself. So I ran into the class. My, my English teacher saw what was going on. She was asking. And so, you know, Patty and Jeannie, like, hey, this, these, these two boys over here in the opposite side of the, that cl- uh, of the English class in our quad is, you know, they, they almost, you know, they almost, Glenn could have died because they were holding him in and, and thinking it's a prank. So I, I you know, they, they were called in, they were referred to the office, but I, bullying was harsh in my time. So it's, it's interesting how, you know, we're, we're, sharing the two different stories and it's you're you know that's great that you you were able to have protectors around you the the bully sisters right or mm-hmm. the, their brothers became your <laughs> your protectors but um yeah i have these two girls to thank and to this day we're still friends we're still good friends and it's just sad to know like you know like fortunately yours didn't have a really bad outcome but I really there, thought I was going to die that day, Josh. There's a lot of people out there. Seventh grade, I really thought there's I was going to die that day. There's a lot of people out there that didn't yeah. have the same outcome yeah. that you did, you know? Yeah. And, it, it, and, it, and most times it we became wanna, fatal. We, yeah, and we want to shed light on this, that this is what we go through. It's the name calling, how, how mean people are, but it's like, look at us, we're so resilient, and we just we keep, always keep getting beat down, you know, just trying to live our truth, trying to be ourselves, and it's hard. And, you know, we just want to let people out there know that listening and you're going through this experience, you're not alone, you know. It's gonna be okay. It, it, it does seem like it's hard, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but it's gonna get better. Yeah, It's gonna get better. Just don't give up, like what Trin said, your faith in God, you know. I think that's, I, I mean, for me, I can say that's what's gotten me this far in life. Uh, but so. I think for those who are kind of spiritually challenged, the ones who feel like there is no God, then, you know, I don't mean to speak out of blasphemy, but if you can't have faith in God, have faith in yourself. Exactly. Have faith in yourself that you can pull yourself through anything and have faith that you can get to that better tomorrow, get to the greener grass, get to the end of the rainbow, whatnot. You know, if, and then from there, if you find more spirituality along the way, Mm. then good on you, but have faith in something to pull you through. And mind you, we're not perfect people. We all make mistakes. We're we're not perfect. We we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are part of our growing experiences. And like I said, if have faith in something to pull us out of that dark, that dark side, because like, like what Lana shared with her story, you know, with her battle with addiction, you know, we have, and that's a big issue in our in our community. Not just in our community, but in general as in well. General. Yeah, and it's in the it, world. In the world, and it comes through a lot of just they're going through a lot depression, acceptance. You yeah, know. and I think a lot of people don't realize that addiction doesn't necessarily have to mean vices such as alcohol and drugs. There's a lot of other addictions that you can get yourself yeah. into that are damaging to your psyche. Yeah, hoarding and, is considered one. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know if. I just feel like if you just surround yourself with the positive energy, it'll help resonate without. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important that, you know, we have the houses here on Guam, like the Sisters of the Moonlight Lounge and the House of Diosa. We also have Gumagela. And it's it's finding your tribe and finding that positive reinforcement to help showcase your truth. Yeah. and help showcase the light that you have to offer the world because it's a very dark place when you don't have the light within you to shine. Yeah. And then thank you for sharing that story, Peter, about bullying because that's a big issue, you know, and it's just interesting. Your story and my story is totally different. I was very yeah. fortunate, though, like going to high school in the 2000s. Um, I graduated in 05. So I remember there was only one due to like maybe one or two incidences where guys thought that they can get me down and 
they freaked out when the faggot pushed back. Like, you know, that's, mm. it, you know, I stood up for myself. And like, after that, they, they didn't come for me anymore. But for the most part, like, at Sanchez, if you walk down the hall, like, from the main office to the cafeteria, down the rows where the benches are at, there's all of, like, you know, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but there's all of, like, you know, the tough boys yeah. and stuff like that. The and village like, boys, yeah. Yes, and, yeah. you know, yep, yep. And I had, you know... The support from these boys who were like gangbangers and stuff like that, you know, like these guys had my back, which was really surprising to me because I never really thought about it. And, you know, like going to um, going through high school, I had mostly female friends, as most gay people do growing up. Um, it's I guess it's just a comfort thing. Yeah. But I remember um, I was in confirmation class for re- our retreat and, um, <coughs> you know, I got really emotional and I, I think I kind of scared my uh, teacher because, you know, we, we did the whole sharing thing at the end of the retreat. And I was going through a really difficult time in my adolescent life. Like, you know, I was trying to deal with the physical stuff at home, trying to deal with my mental stuff internally, trying to deal with academics, trying to, you know, it just, it piled up. And sometimes it can be stressful for individuals who can't process. And I was one of them. And I broke down. I remember the first thing I said, because they, I think the question was, um, what did you learn from CCD, like for confirmation class? And the first thing I said was when I first came here, I'll be honest, I didn't believe in God. And the fear that was struck in, in the faces, I was like, but, you know, through the, through the course of confirmation and like learning to bond with everybody and doing the whole Mount Lam Lam hike and all of that and like five minute showers for the retreat, like I got to... My faith was basically restored because of the positivity that I had around me from people that I didn't think that I would ever get it from. And I remember after that retreat, like maybe I think it was like two years later in our senior year, one of my friends, like some something happened and I was just like down. And he's like, you know, he was very well known as being like, you know, one of the tough dudes, like don't mess with him kind of thing. And I remember he was like, hey, what's wrong? And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's nothing. He goes, dude, you broke down in front of me at confirmation. What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. Like, wow. I'm, you know, if, if someone bothering you, let me know. And we'll go and, you know, we'll have a talk with them. Like, you know, <laughs> that that sort of response mm-hmm. kind of um, took me by surprise because I didn't expect these straight boys who had girlfriends that were my friends and stuff like that, you know, to, to not just be there in the present, but to actually have my back in that moment. Like that was something that was very surprising to me because I never in a million years would have thought that these dudes who run around and are like tough, like you know, the village boys, like, yeah, you know, they, they like, have hey, my hey, back. Hey, dude, I got my, I got you. Don't worry, I got you. As long, yeah. as, long as you're checking me out, I got you. Like, you know, like <laughs> that sort of thing. And it was, <laughs> it was a real surprise and it was very comforting for me to know that my peers who had my back were these straight guys yeah. that I did, I would never have expected it from. And like, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's really, it's kind of a testament of being true to who you are and opening up to the people around you because people can surprise you. The human race is a very surprising race. Yes, like, it is. We go through so much hardships and we don't necessarily know what everybody else is internalizing. And for all we know, everyone around us is sharing the it, same struggles. Yep. We may have different faces and different lives, but the struggles are all the same. See, and, and that's the thing, um, you know, granted that we're doing this, uh, you know, this podcast, but um, for those of us, especially our up and coming generation, um, those in high school, uh, fresh out of high school, um, in their 20s and 30s, um, 
I guess during my time it was very different um, but now there's much more um, I would say even even venture to say there's even too much variety out there where it becomes so confusing um, people aren't able to place themselves where they're at um, and it becomes overwhelming and then then that's where the trouble begins and when that trouble begins begins it sometimes they don't know where to turn right right who to speak to um, who to trust and that's the biggest thing is the trust um, and um, that they can go to certain people um, certain organizations certain groups mm -hmm. and be able to um, seek advice um, seek a, an ear that will listen and basically we're not there to fix your entire life but there we can be a start and you know by us being able to tell them our experiences what we have gone through um, what they can anticipate growing through um, you know that that becomes a whole different uh, uh, light for them. Yes, and it yes. becomes and, and basically the bottom light is I mean the bottom word is or bottom line is that it becomes a light um, in that darkness um, where you know they're just fumbling and not knowing where to turn and um, there needs to be more support. Um, out there I mean because uh, let's face it not only gay people have issues straight people have issues mm, um, we need You'd to be keep surprised. We, need, yeah. we need to keep Humans. psychiatrists and psychologists and clinicians out there for real employed yeah <laughs> yeah so they're not only for straight people they're also for you know alternative uh, confused and basically that's what it is you know or folks who live an alternative lifestyle yeah and that's um, something that glenn glenn and i spoke about like we we're we're planning on bringing that because you know from a lot of the outreach work that we've done you know um we learned we learned that there are programs out there it's just not too many people know about it and that's partly why like you know we're blessed to have this opportunity because we're not just giving our source of voice. We're giving everybody a voice. And like what we mentioned, if we can reach out and help a couple of individuals or one re one individual and their families, you know, get support and help, hey, that's that's what it is all about. And again, it's it's a process. We're all learning. You know, that's why when we when we got together and this idea of this podcast, it's to educate and enlighten everyone about our our community, our you know who we are and. Hey, we're and, just and the very first yeah. thing I think um, they should learn is to help them out is <coughs> the the word faith. Have faith. Faith and Teach love yourself. Yes. yes, love yourself. Faith first, yeah. and then yeah. you're gonna start. Yeah. You know. I kind of wanted to ask you guys a question when we were still on the subject with the younger generation and how they're very loud and aggressive. and aggressive. Would you guys say that social media kind of played? Do you think social media kind of plays a part in that? I think so. They want attention. Of course. Because, I mean, we're, we're this generation now, it's like, it's very, like, very technology. I, you know, I, you have easier access and you're, it's easier you to get exposed about, to 
um, the influences. No, but uh, when you say media, do, are you media. talking about them watching shows of? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like like those violence, yeah, the re- the especially the reality. Yeah, and TV. there there was yeah. one that I was so angry with was that um, that um, I have to say, African American um, gay who was an actor in Empire, who said him oh. he said himself up to get. Yeah, do you remember um, Jamal? Yes. Yeah, he would. Yeah, and he yeah. said that the brothers poured Clorox over something him, or like something that. like that. He just—I was so angry because he ruined, he ruined. You know, there he, goes, he there goes the positivity this, that people built up. Yeah, you're you're giving was, the people again negative feelings because of what you did. You know, I, I, you're gay and you're trying to do this just to gain promotion. It was a big thing. Yeah, I think, well, I, I kind of feel on the fence about that because it's like a yes and no thing for me because yes, media plays a huge role in how we're influenced to see the world, but ultimately it starts at home. Yeah. Yes. yes. But that's what I mean though, because you know, parents can't necessarily be around their they, their no, children 24 seven and filter I, the content that they watch or, you know, but then that's decide then to that learn as parents, though, yeah. they should know that when they're doing this game of really bad violence or watching this, you know, they should, you know, you're there. Hey, stop. But I think in turn, like, you know, going what she was saying, it, it's kind of like um, as parents, you kind of have to make sure that your children know that, yes, you're watching this, but this is how you should act accordingly. Yeah, like, of course. Because you know, that's course. what I mean, though, because for me, the, the reason why I ask the questions because... For me, it's like a 50-50 yeah. thing because like, as much as there's people that are out there that are, you know, like advertising the hate, on the other side, there's just as much people promoting the love and acceptance. Yes. And that's why I'm saying, like, do you think that's why it's more socially accepting now? Do you think I, think, so? I think if parents instill the right values, the content that their, their children are exposed to wouldn't necessarily affect the values if it's strong enough. And I think with mainstream media, as far as like television shows showcasing more of the rainbow community and RuPaul's Drag Race becoming more mainstream, like I don't want to say we're a fad, but we're definitely more um, visible. Yeah, yeah. So people are kind of easing into accepting or at least tolerating because it's so mainstream. But in the same token, you still have the bigots and the ones who just mm-hmm. will absolutely not accept it and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then from so, sometimes from households like that, there spawns a rainbow child from that household or there spawns people who are, you know, more tolerant and accepting and try and change the world for a better. And I really it all to, to, for me, at least it all comes down to the values you were instilled with, regardless of what media you're exposed to. If you have the proper core values nothing in the world should be effective to you and and i think you know and that's the key thing there is that um there's a, adult supervision but also on the same type time there is parental involvement there's guardian involvement and um awareness with what your child is doing mm-hmm. or viewing or hanging out with who they're hanging out with and not necessarily to be um, a guard over that but to be aware 
is the first thing and then be able to if you see that you know that influence becoming negative or heading in a negative direction then you need to be able to step in and basically as they are being eased into it you need to ease the child out of it versus just say instead of just saying no you need to find you need to figure out where what got the child there in the first place exactly and what became enticing about what you were doing um and then from there i i would hope that most adults parents guardians um, would have at least the knowledge or the general knowledge to be able to you know encourage the child to do something else because of the possible negative um, outcomes of uh, of, uh, of those influences and you know I myself working in the schools um, uh, I see it all the time with regard to um, the middle <coughs> schoolers that uh, uh, I encounter on a daily basis, and the thing is, is that you know we are we are taught in the schools as staff of the school to recognize somehow those types of traits, those types of behaviors, and <coughs> you know, I mean, by law now there's there's uh, we enable our own children to basically rule over us. And, you know, uh, I know I'm heading down a road that's possibly <laughs> uh, nobody wants to discuss, um, but we have, enabled, we have enabled our children as well as our parents to um, give them the world, but yet we, we haven't really taught them how to swim. We just dumped it all on them. We, our laws enable them to do this and to do that. And unfortunately, there are no laws out there to be able to accept those consequences should they happen. Um, and, and that's my personal view on it. Um, myself, I am not a parent. I don't have any biological children, but I am helping to raise nieces in my own home. And um, I am also very vocal as well as advisory in conjunction with um, my family as far as uh, the upbringing of these uh, of my nieces are concerned and um, you know and um, I just have a niece who's graduating now and um, we've never pushed her or forced her to do any of the stuff that um, she has achieved we've encouraged her um, but with that encouragement also comes uh, advice as well as being able to let them make some of their mistakes. Not all. <laughs> Again, that's my personal view. Um, and, um, and the mistakes that you probably are stopping them from making, you need to explain it to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mistake and, doesn't and, define you. And, and add that, you know, and so with, um, with the topic of social media, Facebook, um, YouTube, the Internet in general um, basically opens up the whole universe, not only the world, the entire universe to them. And sometimes that can be too much information yeah. um, for them to be able to handle, for them to be able to discern which is good, which is bad, what is fake, what is not. Um, who's lying, who's telling the truth. And even at that, even some of the most learned adults 
goodness, look at what's going on in our own country. Um, you know, some of us comprehend things in a certain way, and some of us look at other people's comprehension and said, "What the? You know, are you? What do you? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Why do you think that is?" But at the same time, there's there's no there's no way to bring people to a middle ground. Um, okay, as, this as is the problem. Me, mm -hmm. As for me, I'm I'm old school. I whack him. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, I have nieces and nephews um, ages all the way up to to nine. You know, and when they get miss, yes, I they I all I have to do is stand up, look at them, and they will. Some of them will run crying because they yeah. know. I know. But I then I go to them. I do go to them afterwards, and I call them, and I said, "Do you know why I did what I did?" Yes. I said, because you are doing something wrong. I will not do anything to you unless you're doing something wrong. And, you know, and that's the thing. There's that, that's the big difference that some people don't see is that there's a difference between corporal punishment and um, downright abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and um, culturally speaking, uh, Chamorro culturally speaking, and even Filipino culturally speaking, I can speak from both cultures um, that um, there is always some form of physical discipline um, you know and uh, growing up it, it seems to come around full circle where you know I got spanked by my parents and I told myself uh, should I ever have any kids I'm never going to do that but then when you do have kids, and I've seen other people who said that, and then they eventually have kids, and then they actually do it. So it's like, you know, there is there is a right way and there is a wrong way um, to discipline. Yeah. And um, some people can't get it the first time around or the second time around. And, you know, um, it, it's all trial and error. Uh, nobody grows up or comes into being the perfect parent. It, it's always right, a learning right. experience. Um, so if you're not the perfect parent, then um, try to strive to be the perfect uncle or the perfect auntie. Um, but get involved. You know, some people um, say, oh, that's none of my business. Oh, I don't want to get involved. But then when they see all that stuff happening out there and then they say, oh, you should have said something. Yeah. So don't regret, but when you do get involved, know what you're getting involved in, but do it from the heart. Um, do it with the best of the child in mind um, and um, basically the family, um, because I, I would like to still think that culturally speaking, we are very family oriented here on this island. and um, uh, I would hope that never goes away. Yeah, I feel that that's why it's a little easier to be gay or trans or whatever you identify as here. But I, I grew up old school too and got spanked. And then mm -hmm. remember when all this child abuse ran, I told my mom, oh yeah, 
I'm gonna call 911 child abuse. Oh. My mom goes, huh? <laughs> Give me my job when she takes my slipper. I'm gonna throw my slipper and see how fast you can get to the phone and dial 911. I think my mom was like the first Medea, I think. Like, I'm gonna hit you so hard, you're gonna dial 119. <laughs> and I and, and growing up and um, you know, uh, being raised uh, Chamorro, it's uh, you know, back in the 60s and 70s was. Um, I was born in 63, so I am 58 years old. Um, I've tried many different forms of... Discipline? Uh, not only discipline, but uh, instruments of discipline. Oh, man. <laughs> the creativity. Yes, from the you slipper. Know, it's, uh, when, when, people, the when they become resourceful, ooh. Anything and everything is Within is free reach. game. <laughs> I tried the tangantangan stick when I was outside because I accidentally mowed my mother's prize flower by accident. How am I supposed to see that? Right then she just took it. I'm like, hey, what did I do? You ran over my plant. <laughs> but you know, the slipper is like a boomerang. <laughs> you know, and some of us have bragging rights with regard to those uh, instruments of discipline yeah, uh, that yeah. we were disciplined with and. You know, we're always, comp- I know with my peers, I'm always comparing, oh, I got this and I got that, the flagpole rope, the ramas gogu, the oh sancletas, my the, the talipas. Um, I remember growing up in our uh, house, it was a bamboo stick I, and it was really long. And I remember because it was one of my mom's friends. I gave it to brought it over. And, you know, we're, we're looking. They provided you, you know, the tool. All of us, right? They provided her the tool. All, all the young ones, right, from my older sister, me, Kelly, and Kathy, were all, like, glaring at this woman, like, how dare you bring this to our house, right? <laughs> but it kind of worked out because, you know, typical Chamorro woman, my mom had seven-day bracelets and all of that. So it's like we knew when she was coming because she used that to wake us up for school because we hated waking up early. So it's like... I remember just like yesterday, like she'll come in, she'll wake us up, right? And then when okay, I'm up, she leaves the room, I lay back down. Mm-hmm. Then she doesn't hear the water or anything going on. So, you know, we're we're just we're just laying we're just laying there and we're waiting for the cue. We hear the bracelets, we're like, we sit back up, we're up, we're up. <laughs> but you're not moving, you're not moving. <laughs> but yeah, the, this generation needs to oh boy. Yep. Very different. Very different. So much harder for them. Very different. Our LGBTQ rainbow children now as compared to us. We were like living in fear. Now it's like try it. Much more complex. (laughs) (laughs) Like boy, when I was your age. Yeah, I'm sure they hate it. It's like it's like hold me back, hold me back. It's oh no. And and I can you know I've I've done this with my my sister's children, her oldest son. He tried it he tried it with me you know in, in, his, in his teens he was investing me right and he even was that Peter when you push Petsa mm-hmm. oh yeah so I said Lord give me strength right and then he was going to come for me again I mean I don't, I'm not a fighter or anything so I just you know smacked him hard I put him in his place I go don't you ever lay a hand on me and then he's like 
I think <laughs> Then he's like Oh my god Uncle Glenn You hit me And I go Yeah I hit you You want some more Try it <laughs> And so You're gonna hit me Yeah I freak out I think when, when it comes to that Sort of Sort of um, action because they're so used to seeing us so docile and yeah and, and uh, because I'm gay right that the uncle Glenn's not gonna he can't he can't he, he can. yeah, you know. he's gonna hit like a girl huh <laughs> so now he, he tells his younger brothers because they're in their teens now don't mess with uncle Glenn he's gonna hit you <laughs> and I think this this very young generation who are still in in elementary that are in the family of pride or whatever and if they were identified are going to be very um, their their retaliation is going to be real in front of us because they yeah. would they would I think like what we were saying earlier over. how they're so aggressive mm-hmm. yeah aggressive the back talk mm-hmm. um, back in oh, my boy. time at least um, if you have if the you, wrong face on you if get you hit, even like. was ready to open your mouth uh, that was it. The you got a backhand. Yeah, the minute yeah. your lips part, no breath comes out yet. There's already a hand on your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's, <laughs> 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 you guys just don't know. <laughs> or maybe oh, you do, life, and you can empathize. All our life we had to fight. I love our but I kill him. But you know, um, and and I feel for the uh, the children of today uh you know the Rainbow young ones children. the up and coming um it's 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 going to be very interesting for them to be able to um, balance a lot of this stuff um but you got to find the will you have to find a way um otherwise it's you know it's, it's all going to go to hell in a handbag them. But it's like this, it's like us coming together and (laughs) teaching them and showing them, educating them that, hey, you know. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting when I did my presentation this morning at Okudu because I, you know, I've never really done um, sort of things like that in front of minors. And I was kind of, I'm so used to speaking at the university for like, you know, human sexuality and social service and, you know, all of those, they're older adults basically. And I had to kind of like filter what I was saying because I had to keep in mind that I was on school grounds. These are minors. Yes, they had filter forms that were signed, but, you know, still kind of like keeping it in mind that I had to sort of tone down the flourishment and not expose every dark little secret like you know because I mean no but but, but, you, that, but no trend but the thing, thing is now I mean because me I, as a teacher elementary the kids know I know but I didn't want to offend because I don't want I, so like yeah. I, it was so hard for me so like if it's outside of saying like I talked to my nephews like one of my nephews he's he's very out and proud and stuff like that so we have honest conversations but these kids who are like you know if it's outside the school setting if it's outside the place that's not really supposed to harbor sort of that kind of thing like of course i I had to kind of really be of course cautious about what i said i even slipped up and cursed like twice but you know i'm just so used to it but And, and it's funny because we we are very cautious in that public setting but we know in the private setting, it's, it's a very different yeah. story for them. And the kid, the children um, know. And well, different so, people raise their families differently. Yeah. Right. And I, um, I see it all the time. But then, you know, when I got counseled one time for saying something, and it's like, really? And then the parent got called in, and um, they spoke to the parent, but they said, oh, my child knows that. Yeah. Wow. But again, um, you know, we're we're gonna. 
I don't want to go down that road with regard to enabling stuff from a government standpoint. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, so there are ways to, uh, you know, to go about it without, um, quote, unquote, breaking any laws. But um, sometimes it's those, those laws that we need to sometimes revisit. Um, to see whether is this really for the betterment of the community because of that. Um, and um, nowadays it's, uh, you know, sad to say, I mean, most especially in this pandemic uh, time that we are in, um, we're slowly coming out of it. And I see a lot of people going to end up struggling even more because um, there is... There is not the help that they once had financially um, because now they got to go out there and look for a job again. Um, And if that job is not available or far and few in between or not what they were used to, um, you know, we're going to we're going to have a lot more issues again. And that becomes a domino effect with regard to. Um, being financially stable as well as emotionally stable and then being able to guide your children, it, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, and the, we need to gird our loins as far as the, the implications that are going to happen within the new coming school year and the next several years, actually, because um, everybody's going to have to reacclimate to... Um, having a job um, and not getting that financial stimulus help that everybody got so used to, um, even if it was not enough, but it's going to come to an end. And now we're going to have to start realizing certain things again and going you know, back to a state of normalcy. Right. And, but it's not going to be normal. The new normal. It really it isn't going to be normal from well, what we, we were pre pandemic. Even to like, you know, Trin, you were just saying, like, it, I didn't really think about it until you, you said it. Like, you had to go and speak. Yeah. Would you say, and would you, all of you, even say, was there anything like that when we were going to school during our time? No. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the closest that's, thing I that's... had, I think, was in senior year, um, there was a movie called Kids, if I'm not mistaken, and it dealt with, um, Kind of like the transmission of AIDS amongst teenagers, mm. but even at that, we had to. Um, oh, had I think that, I did see that. That was the one about the skater boy. Yeah, and but partying. even at that, we still had to get um, permission slips signed because it was such a controversial topic to be taught in the, like a to be showcased setting. in a school setting. In the yeah. System, yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure, like health teachers w- w- were permitted to discuss AIDS and stuff like that, and you know, sexually transmitted disease as far as health was concerned. But to watch a movie where kids are fornicating, that's a different sort yeah. of scenario. Yeah. Right, and even my time or Auntie Lana's time within the '60s, the '70s, um, into the early '80s, none of that existed. existed. At least not for me. Same. Um, sex education in school was. Um, I had one teacher actually that um, I'm glad he did it. Uh, I'm not going to say his name or what school, but um, exposed his classroom to um, sex education and using the terminology um, of the day. And somehow that stuck with me. Um, And being able to understand your bodies. Um, uh, understanding the male body, understanding the female body, 
um, and you know the differences between the two and you know the hormonal effects between testosterone and estrogen yeah. and all of that and how it affects people's you know um, people's uh, minds um, and now it's everywhere except in the schools <laughs> yeah, yeah which kind is of, kind yeah. of funny. Um, I remember going to elementary watching videos about the reproductive system and stuff like that, but I don't think that that's available to the kids now. Nope. Um, no. I'm going to have to say coming coming from a cuz I was an an educator in the, you know, I started in the 90s and the mid, you know, early to mid 2000s. I taught 5th grade and we did have a sex education course and we showed the videos, but we had to, you know, have parents sign the waiver. But well, man, when I when we did that survey, some kids didn't come to school that day because parents, you know, weren't were yeah. on the fence about yeah, it. And I totally, totally, totally understandable. And that's fine. But um, as I got out, you know, and, you know, I, I moved to another department within DOE. I, I don't see it now. And a lot of it now is like, oh, you know, what's this? And especially now with our LGBTQ youth, it's that's a whole different level. There's mm -hmm. no education for them to help them that's like an feel entirely different to feel safe. Like, that's what why I do I like a boy? What's going on? Is this no, right? Or why I mean. do I like that's a girl? It's interesting yeah. how transgender that they're doing that now. Because yeah, because that was never around when I yeah. was. I think even the, when I was going to school, there's programs the now developed who, for that. Yeah, who contacted me because she does? I think she was doing pre her her goal for the summer school as a counselor was to bring presentations throughout the week or throughout the month for them. And because June being Pride Month, um, I was invited to speak for today's Nice, nice. I think that's, I think that's some, they should, and they some kind of a perfect. Yeah. We've, we've always tried to see how we can reach the youth. Like, you know, like you've, you've heard how we try and like, yeah, we've, and it's, it's just always so, it's, it's kind of challenging to figure out how to reach the younger children in the schools, not the younger children, but like, you know, the youth in the schools because it's a school. Like, how are we gonna, you know, like how are we gonna pitch? And that it's a it's a sensitive, you know, and how to it, dance it, around the legalities. Yeah, yeah, it's, and a, not, it's a very. And then not only yeah. that, like of course, if it's a, if it's a school dealing with minors, you're gonna have to get parental consent, yeah. and they gotta know the content that's gonna be shared. But and, look, but yeah, but look, recently, um, Sanchez had a a gay club. They have yeah, they have a gay alliance and club. Then, yeah, and then I remember. It, 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 it's kind of stopped because the child went to JFK or yeah, transferred. Yeah, he transferred. And then it was started at JFK. And then, I mean, I'm going to say at Antalan, they had started a, a program for LGBT. One of the counselors there started it. And I was like, wow, this is exciting. I got excited. And then they even asked me, Mr. Luhan, would you like to speak on behalf of the... I'm like, sure. <laughs> would you like to be our advisor? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. But I was like, I was getting all hyped up. But then all of a sudden, thoughts up. Yeah, they kind of just, whoosh, yeah, be, well, because the, the student graduated, but then the counselor left Antalan. And so I was kind of working, you know, prior to the shutdown, I was working with some friends and working, you know, with, with federal programs and develop some programs for our LGBTQ youth. But then COVID shut us down. So I kind of, you know, work, all this teleworking got, got busy. So I kind of put that on the back burner, but it's still been on my, my mind to help. You know, that's the, one of the things that, you know, being working for g I like to help in that area too. And, and that's the, that's another thing about <coughs> it too, is um, because there's not a, that type of education in the educational system, in the education system. Um, uh, it, it's bad enough. They're still trying to figure out how to, 
fix the restroom situation in yeah. the facility itself. Yeah. And again, some of our facilities are older than me. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, of course, you know, 50 years ago, the, those types of uh, facilities were not available. Yeah. Um, I'm glad now that the, the new schools that are coming up um, and the schools that are able to modify um, themselves, at least are starting it. And there is support, um, I think, from the government with regard to that. I don't know if there are any mandates or uh, laws with regard to that. I think there is. But, um, you know, if they can fix the restrooms and change the restrooms, then we need to somehow find it in the curriculum and at least give the opportunity to students a safe, to a be safe place for yes to LGBTQ. be able to um you know change to, into gym clothes uh, and well, to explore that remember, situation because even when know? i was going to high school like if someone came out and it became publicly known the the only option was to go to the nurse's office i went to gw so like you know everyone knows the nurse's office is like literally walking distance from the gym but I was just like, but for, for me at the same time, it's like, you know, I understand the intentions, but why the segregation? I think, um, so I was actually asked by the health teacher about that issue today. He, um, he brought up the concern about when the kids are changing for gym, those who identify as the opposite gender, they don't want to be embarrassed they don't want to be insensitive to the situation yeah. be like no you can't go into that restroom because you know technically you're still born you know with what your assigned gender is so they they offer the nurse's office and i think it's good but he was saying that you know when he was when he came across that initial situation the student had no respect about it um the individual was just like well i'm gonna go in here and like yes i understand you're standing up for yourself but when you're trying to make your mark in this world about who you are i think everything boils down to the the way you exude that respect like if you were if that individual was respectful about it and be like excuse me sir but you know i'm i'm learning this new life and i'm trying to transition is there any way i can possibly have an alternative to change like think about how you're going to live how you're going to present how you're going to communicate because people won't yeah, people both. are still learning how to deal it goes especially back. yeah if they don't if they've never experienced it before with an individual then they're not going to know how to deal with it so if you're deciding like as a as a youth like this goes out to all the kids who are deciding to come out and like transition possibly like don't be so aggressive like be respectful about it like if you're going to if you have gym and stuff like that Go to the guidance counselor if you don't think that the gym teacher will understand and see if you can change in an alternative room or something because yeah. it's, you know, you're mandated to go to school. So you're going to have to, it's, it's up to the people who are employed to keep you safe and educate you yeah. to find an alternative. And, and with that, yeah, with that trend, it also boils down to the education of the faculty and staff because I, I mean... Not everyone thinks, you know, like me, but I always like look at the kids and like, okay, you know, we have to make sure and provide that safe space. Yes. There is laws for that. And we cannot discriminate. So, of course, the school will have to make special you know, accommodations and modifications in, in that area. Um, I know at the middle school where I'm at, there was an individual identifies as, as she, born female, but identifies as male, was provided that opportunity to change in the, the nurse's or station, but you know, again, it's it's how the school handles it and how they do it appropriately and with dignity, of course, and respect. But I think things but, are progressing, and yeah, I, you know, I, I baby really, steps, baby steps. I really yeah. hope that it progressive it progresses in a timely manner because these kids are coming out. 
not like yeah. there's more little hatchlings every day like, <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong was it india that f- first did the third gender bathrooms i'm not too sure but they i know that india did um so there's three or they genders. recognized it india recognizes a third gender and the third gender is anybody that's outside of the cis norm right yeah so but it's it's unfortunate because before they were regarded in such a high state and now it's like the third gender they're basically seen as lesser yeah. now but the, it's i know that it's the native americans who still kind of regard the two-spirit in a sort of standard you know, know it's interesting that you say that too because i remember watching something recently and you know like especially within our our area in the pacific mm-hmm. like people who identify as trans or gay, like they were very highly revered people in the culture. But we don't have any documentation of that. I know, but there's like, it's if it's it's apparent in other places, yeah. you know, and the similarities within that, that circle within the culture itself, like I'm pretty sure we would have had it here too. I'm sure we did. Like I, I'm, we're... And then the idea of being this way, mm is bad was only introduced when Western influences. Yes. And which is kind of ironic because Western influence is, you know, believe it or not, the United States is not the only Western influence out there. Um, Europe was the first Western quote unquote influence and in Greek society and um, Roman society, this there was a third gender. That's exactly what I brought up though today. Mm-hmm. Was that like, it wasn't until the certain civilizations that started to co- become prominent that um, sexuality really became an issue for some people because it, they it started to bad. really like mark the lines and dot the. I even learned lines. recently that Spartans practiced that. that yeah, that was a sign of. Well, it was at, like an initiation. Um, the Hawaiian culture, it's there's a different you know there's a, you know the. There's a documentary, gosh, on Netflix um, about this yes, person. I uh, know that documentary. Um, oh, I I, I've actually watched me. it. This but person is the one that does the chants, correct? Yeah, and the culture. Yeah, she's and, a Kumahulu. And, and, yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the Kumahula. Word. She's, res- she's respected. Is she like a really tall? Yes. Th- yes. Oh, my God. I love oh, her. What's the name? She's such an activist. Have you yeah. have you seen her before and after mm-hmm. photos? Jeez. And not only that, but not only in Hawaii, but throughout a lot of the Pacific cultures, uh, the Polynesian culture, um, even in Melanesia, uh, there are you know, um, I guess I've experienced more of the Polynesian cultures with regard to the ch- third gender. Um, <laughs> And when I've traveled to those places, it was very much recognized, very much accepted. um, And they have their own culture with regard to it. Um, So, you know, that was also eye opening for it uh, for me. And um, I'm going, wow, you know, yes, they're westernized, but yet at the same time, they still have their practices their um, their understandings, their philosophies with regard to the third gender. And so I said, um, I wish it could be the same for us, you know. What do the Samoans call it? right? And yes, that was where I got exposed to that. And it was like, wow, in American Samoa. Um, and... Um, <coughs> even in uh, New Zealand. 
the, the Aotearoa uh, with regard to um, their views on the third gender. Uh, so um, it was kind of interesting. And I said, man, you know, I guess there's some good things about Western influences and um, that's pretty much it. But uh, being able to incorporate it into one's culture is is the key and there needs to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Glenn, any last questions you care ask? Oh, I think um, that pretty much covers it. I mean, we'd just like to thank our, our panel of guests today on our podcast. You guys um, want to say anything? Any, any final words? Yeah, final words, closing statements you guys care to share? Being that it's Pride Month, I think I just want to send a message to everyone that living your truth can be scary, so just be brave. And I, when, I, when I competed in the pageant, my platform was all about kindness. And I just want to remind everyone, yes, it's good to be kind to others, but don't forget to be kind to yourself. You know, being kind to yourself will help, exp- will help you bloom into the person that you could potentially be. Lana? Um, I don't want to be so, <laughs> anyway, I just, no, I, I want to thank you all for letting me speak and bring me back a few years ago, my memories and everything. But, um, my message is, um, build your own memory and enjoy every second. Um, if you don't know, if you're fighting with yourself. You have to seek help, and probably one of us here, um, we, we cannot, like what somebody said here, we cannot fix you, but we can help you try to fix yourself. You fix yourself. Um, and that's about it. Just trust in God. Have God all the time. Peter? And as for me, it's, again, the sentiments of um, everyone else is be true to yourself. Um, be kind to yourself. Um, if you don't understand something, then don't be afraid to seek the help, the advice, the company. Um, and uh, in, in this day and age, it's very hard as far as time is concerned. Um, we have so many things distracting us now, but somehow always try to remain focused. Um, uh, you're, you're not going to be perfect 100% of the time, um, but um, strive towards that and just be true to yourself. And that way the people around you see that you are trying and hopefully um, will be able to assist. Uh, and that's pretty much it. For me, uh, pride this year. Pride for me has definitely been uh, a lot of growth, a lot of uh, self-reflection on my part, um, finding myself again, and ultimately, oh boy, and ultimately, um, I've learned to forgive myself and to love myself again. Um, it's been very uh, difficult, uh, but just being free now 
um, living my truth, being happy once again. And, you know, it all boils, go, it all boils back to my faith, um, believing again in God and that, you know, God does work in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. And um, you truly have your support from your, your friends and your family and most especially the Sisters of the Moonlight, the House of Diosa, um, you all know who you are. Um, it's been an interesting journey for me. Um, and I just want to thank everybody. Uh, this year's Pride 2021 has definitely been a journey for me as well. And you know, to, to all of you out there who are going through that personal journey, you're not alone. Um, and stay, stay true to yourself, learn to love yourself and um, Like I said, I thank the Lord every day. Um, I'm truly blessed with many things that I've taken for granted, and I'm really grateful. Um, And happy Pride. (laughs) Don't be afraid to reach out. Pride exists because you exist. Yes. And thank you. Thank you, everybody.